to CMF Digital, where the unadulterated word of God comes to you wherever you are. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody, if that was for me, do it better unto Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Man, just want to spend some time to worship God. Just want to bless his holy name. We are not here because of a man. We are are here because of God. For his goodness. For his graciousness. We've seen a new year. Oh my God. That is just amazing. That is the hand of God. That is the the doing of the Lord. And it's marvelous in our sight. Just want to bless the Lord. Just want to speak some words unto him. For the Lord is good and he is worthy to be praised. He has a word for us tonight. And you want to speak in the language of the spirit. If you do, you want to open your spirit mind to receive from him you want to give glory to god somebody in this place give him glory give him glory a glorious god the beautiful king we bow before you O god we worship you O god Daddy, you are in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you're having your way in this place. Thank you, Jesus, that your children are gathered here, sounding all to you, O God, to be fed from you, to be fed by you, and no one else. Father, take the stage, take the stage, take the stage. Thank you, God, that you have heard us, O God. Thank you that your presence is here. Thank you that your presence is here. Thank you that your presence is here. Give you glory, O God. Give you praise. Give you glory, O God. Give you glory, O God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray so much thanksgiving. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You're all welcome to today's meeting, the very first of the year. I just believe it's one of the many encounters with God in this place. Amen. Amen. Okay, hallelujah. You know, I recently took up graphic designing. Mostly flyers, nothing too big. And to tell you the truth, it's not easy at all. <laughs> at all, at all. In fact, kudos to all of us or those of us who are in the creative ministry. Eh? God bless you, people. Hallelujah. There's always this mandate to create something, you know. And on the very good days, you sit behind the app and then the idea just drops like manna from heaven. You can envision what you want to create and then you are able to create it. And other times too, you have to seek inspiration from somewhere. Um, have me who go to the internet, to visit IG, etc. And sometimes it actually helps, you know. It gives you a form of how you'd want your flyer to be. Trust me, it will surprise you the length at which some of us can go. Especially when you have a deadline to meet, you know. But then truth be told, eh, most of the time, we never truly have any idea what we are doing. No matter how hard we try, we really never do have an idea what we are doing. And sometimes it takes days, it takes weeks. And still, just like that, there is really no show. And 
I don't know, but how many of us can relate with what I'm saying? That you want to do something so bad. Like you really have this thing you want to do. You know how you should do it, but you don't know how to go about it. It's like the thing keeps staring at you. How many of us can relate to it? Amen. Exactly. Sometimes you can get all down. And then when I get to that stage, I just remind myself of David, you know, and how he encouraged himself in the Lord. And then I say a prayer. Then gradually after my prayer, realize I start mixing some shapes up. I start mixing some fonts. Here you go. And I never really know what I'm really doing, honestly. But then boom, it's done. And it's just beautiful. It actually looks like something pleasant to the eye, you know, and we are all happy and excited. But one thing about graphic designing is that there is one particular wahala people don't tell you. Your piece of art is only beautiful if the audience is able to recognize that it's beautiful. That is the only way you get another gig. That's the only way you satisfy your target. And believe you me, it's not only in graphic design. It, it can be your studies. For example, if you like your student right now, if you like don't learn and don't pass and get home and see if your parents will let you slide. It's only nice or beautiful or glorious when your parents are able to tell that, my son, you're actually making good use of the school fees I'm paying you for you. Or your business or your blog or your vlog. It could be anything. We, we all have a way we want to live our lives. It's called purpose. And the unfair part is that sometimes, no matter how a masterpiece may be, it may not be a masterpiece for the audience. And even though we may feel great about it, our audience may not recognize it. And that's the thing about art. It's very subjective. It, 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 there's no tune to it. There is no structure to it. But thank God, someone say thank God, that this isn't the case with Christianity. For we know we have a path. We know who our beautiful is. We know who we are to look like. In Romans chapter 8, verse 20, the scripture says that for God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. There is no subjectivity at all in christianity i believe it's the most objective relationship you can ever have see do not let anyone deceive you because of denominationalism we are not called to be like religion we are not called to doctrines we are not called to practices scripture makes it clear that we are called but for one man but for one person and that is jesus to become like him so my question tonight is can others recognize you as god masterpiece as a child of God, as a Christian, can can others actually recognize you for who you are? Can others recognize the Christ in you, the Christ out of you, and the Christ on you? Hallelujah. Amen. Let's let's delve deeper into scripture. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's read Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 27. And I read, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the, over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Amen. This is the reading of the word of God. 
You see, some 19 plus years ago, your parents had this brilliant idea, you know, to have kids. And so they had you. That's so amazing. So I get to see you today. And sometimes I watch movies and... <laughs> please, watching movies is not carnally. My prayer secretary, Cornelius. <laughs> and after nine months and the baby is born, we see these characters in the movie tease each other that, oh, this baby, he has the father's nose or he has the mother's eyes or he even looks like who? I don't know how many of us have seen that happen before where you see the mother and father trying to tease themselves about who this baby looks like. They can tell you are their kid because you actually look like them, at least initially. But just give it a few years. When baby Kofi enters adolescence and starts to be recalcitrant and boisterous and is not living up to the family name, but bringing the name under the ma. They usually go with this phrase, I don't believe you are my son. No son of mine will act the way you do. So what changed? What changed? Many of us are like baby Kofi. We enjoy the surname that God has put on us as children of God. 1 John 5 verse 1, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God and everyone who loves the Father has been born of him. We are enjoying the sinning. You know, when we look at the scripture I, I just read, you realize that we have been made in God's image. We God looks at us and sees his nose. He sees his eyes, but he looks at our character and our living. And I believe he wonders if he can really recognize us. We have come to fancy bearing the title, but not walking the title. And if we really consider the scripture I read earlier, you realize that there are two things involved. One, that God made man in his image. That is the part we get, the, the, the parts we understand. In Psalm 139 verse 14, we see the scripture come to bear. Scripture says that, I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows us very, very well. You know, for we are fearfully and wonderfully made to look like Jesus, to be a split image, a carbon copy of Jesus. And so that part of scripture we do get. But there's a second part. And scripture says that the second part in what is that God made man after his likeness. So to behave like him, to, to walk in the same manner as him, to do like him, to be like him, to think like him. That is the likeness of God. As medical students, you relate with me when I say that the first is the anatomy and the second is the physiology. And so we have learned to specialize in the anatomy and all the physiology of Christianity. Mind you, a body without physiology is a corpse. And so we have so many walking dead Christians around, people who are full of dry bones, men and women who are unable to bear fruit of their relationship with God. Just because they are owing the physiology. Tell your neighbor, check your physiology. And so we learn from Satan that the evidence of our growth and work with God is not about the demonstration of power, but then in the character of Christ that is formed in us. And so dearly beloved, today I ask you, how much of Christ is formed in you? How much of Christ can be seen in you, can be felt in you? And all throughout scripture is all about good. First Peter 2 verse 2, like newborn babes, you must crave the pure spiritual milk so that you might go to experience the full salvation. Experience chapter 4 verse 15, instead of we speak the truth in love, going to even be more and more like Christ, who is the head of the church. The, the scriptures always tell of one message that we are to become like Christ. 
we are to be like him, to be conformed to the image of his dear son. God wants to look at you and see Jesus. He wants others to look at you and see Jesus, the masterpiece he created you to be. He doesn't want you to hide it. He doesn't want you to be afraid to show it because what other people might tell you as Crefe or they know you want to show forth my brother, my sister, they want to know, they want to see you and know that. I want to know the God is safe. I want to see the God is safe. Show him to me. That is what we want to be. That is who we want to become, like Jesus. And that is the awakening we desire. That's the awakening we so cherish. That men will begin to pursue after the likeness of Christ. Oh, glory. The question is, is it possible? Has it been done before? I'm just here speaking to Bush. Hallelujah. Let's look at scripture. Can someone share Acts chapter 4, verse 1 to 13? As they were speaking to the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day. But it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed. And the number of the men that came to about 5,000. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Anas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name did you do this? And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you have crucified, whom God had raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you will. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders which had now become the cornerstone, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under the heavens given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Hallelujah. So we look at Acts chapter 4 and we realize that it's actually a continuation from Acts chapter 3. So I'll tell us a little bit about Acts chapter 3. So this is a common story, a very famous one at that. So this is Peter and John walking towards the gate of beautiful. And there they see a crippled man. And just like they had been with Christ. See, Peter and John were no different from us. They were disciples. Disciples, people who were followers of Christ. I believe we all are followers of Christ. And so they were disciples just like you and I. And having walked with Jesus, they saw what Jesus did. They saw the character of Jesus. They saw the things that he could do. And so... Um, in Matthew 14, verse 14, we see scripture say that when they got to the boat, Jesus moved with compassion, healed their sick. And so I believe that when they got to the gate of beautiful and this lame man came up to him and said that um, they should give money. But he said, silver and gold have I none, but that which I give, I give unto you. And then he said, rise up and walk. Moved with compassion, just like looking at what Jesus was doing. They were equally doing the same thing by healing the man. And so they offered healing unto men. And that is an aspect of Christ's likeness they were demonstrating right there in them. What they saw God do, they were doing. And just by doing what Jesus would do in that moment, just by deciding to be like Christ in that moment for that lame man, you realize that in verse 11 of chapter 3 and verse 12, they said that men began 
to come towards them. Men were astounded by what they were doing. Men who noticed you. You see, it was like the aroma of Christ had spread throughout. People could smell that they were behaving like Christ. People could smell that they had become like Christ. People could smell that an act of Christ-likeness was happening there. And it drew men onto them. And that's what happens when we are Christ-like. The pursuit of Christ-likeness always draws men onto God. Hallelujah. And we realized that in the chapters that follow, they gave him an opportunity to begin to talk about Jesus, to begin to speak about who he stood for. And that's another thing that the pursuit of Christ likeness will give to you. It will give you a platform. It will give you a pedestal to tell about Jesus, to show Jesus unto men. And that's what happened. And because of what they were professing, we see in chapter four that they were arrested for their confession. Hallelujah. So in chapter 4, verse 1, he said, And they were speaking to the people, and the priest, and the captain. And the Sadducees heard that which they were speaking of. The core message of our salvation is that Christ was raised from the dead on the third day. And you know, the Sadducees did not believe in resurrection. And so it really bothered them. It really worried them. And that's what will happen when you pursue Christ-likeness. The people that do not want you to continue to become like Christ will begin to question you, begin to want to pull you down. And they would want to even arrest you. They'll put you in a position where you are limited. And it happens in the career industry it happens when you are standing for christ see a lot of people are starting to come against you they you get to the workplace like oh this boy says he's a christian let's give him more work and see if he's going to work out or somebody be like oh let's put pressure on him and see if he'll break it always happens that when you start to stand for christ many people around you start to find some fault with you and want to bring you down but I like the beauty with which verse 4 said that, but many of those who had heard the word believed and the number of men came to about 5,000. In the pursuit of Christ-likeness, there is always an increase. If you want an increase in your finances, an increase in your relationship and increase in your career and increase in your academics it is found in the pursuit of christ likeness because it's in christ that we have access to all the things that we seek to have it's christ that we have all the riches that we can ever want in this life it's christ that we have all the wisdom it's christ that we have all the excellence that we need it is found in christ and so it's in the pursuit of christ that increase comes upon you so if you want to pursue christ likeness just know that the product of this pursuit is increased Another thing you should know about Christ-likeness is that you'd face a choice. You face a mandate and you face an assignment. You would have to become like him. You have to be intentional about your pursuit of God. You see, pursuing God is an active process. Everything about God is active. Just look at Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the word of God is active and living and sharper than any two double-edged sword. So just know that the pursuit of God is an active process. You can't fold your arms and sit in the house and expect to become more like God. You can't just get up, pick your Bible on Sunday and go to church and expect to become more like God. You have to do more. You have to be more. You have to be intentional in your process, intentional in your journey to become Christ-like. And that is what these men were doing. They, they made a choice that day when they were arrested to still speak about Christ and we'll get there very soon. Realize that you have been chosen to become like him. And Peter chose to do so that day by preaching the good news to them. You know, the word good news comes from the Greek word gotpel. And it actually means good news. And so it was good and it was news. Basically, when you take an aspect of your life, you ask yourself, is it good news? If I take your music life right now, will I find good news? If I take your academic right now, life right now, will I find good news? The extension of the good news is to make our life good news. If you don't want this, then what do you want? I honestly do not know. Because 
in your academics, you should experience what good news is. In your thinking, you should experience what good news is. In your social media pages, is it good news? Sometimes before you post that picture, before you make that comment, before you send out that like, ask yourself, are you professing the good news? Is your life a living extension of the good news? Hallelujah. So let's continue. In verse 7, we see that, and when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Another principle of pursuing Christ-likeness is that you'll be interrogated for your pursuit of Christ-likeness. People will question you. People will want to know more. They, they will see that there's a difference, but they want to question you. If you are standing for this, What? why are you standing for it? And we must be strong enough to have answers. You must have answers because they would want to know why the change? Why also suddenly crefe? And it's very difficult sometimes when people start to question our actions and question our moves. They don't know what to be about to have answers to it but we shouldn't be afraid of questions hallelujah we shouldn't be afraid of questions there's something about questions that we should know that the questions of men are the fertile soil for the seeds of life anytime someone asks you a question it's just an opportunity to be watered that life in them will germinate and grow to equally become more and more like christ and so know that in this pursuit of christ likeness people will question you people will interrogate and i want to tell you so you prepare yourself ahead of time that when they they are going to interrogate you just find a comfortable chair and sit down and then you sit down tell them that okay game on another mind-blowing aspect of pursuing the journey of christ likeness is found in verse 8 and scripture says that then peter filled with the holy spirit filled with the holy spirit the journey of christ likeness can never be complete without the holy spirit you can't expect to be like god if you do not have him by your side and that's how come we have the holy spirit our helper our comforter to be by our side to teach us what we need to be see he's not just a fuel or a god he's our everything he is the journey to the pursuit of christ himself and so don't hide the object of our pursuit let us not hide jesus we cannot pursue christ and be shy of it and that's why to pursue christ we have to build that intimacy with the holy spirit we have to learn to study the word we have to learn to pray with the and commune with the holy spirit finding sources to grow and build our relationship with him to be deeply rooted in the word to be deeply rooted in christ to come to know more god in our closet life in our secret places and that is what the help of the holy spirit is all about you cannot pursue christ without the holy spirit and because that when we deepen our relationship with the Holy Spirit, we are no longer shy to pursue Christ. Rather, I see as prisoners of Christ, we always look for an opportunity to show his path forth. To be able to recognize the value of souls and plunge deep to find them. See, this year, we won't be shy to share the word at all. We won't be shy to show the word. We won't be shy to become the word. We are running with a new operation in this year. An operation WTTW to walk and to talk the word. To be exposed to the extra extra dimensions and extra mouth of not only looking like Jesus as his image, but equally becoming like him. We are taking up a charge to show for the world that Jesus is who we stand for. Jesus is who we stand for. Who 
is this Jesus? Oh, he's the promised savior of the world. He is the child who at 12 years went to the temple to do the father's business. Oh, he is the one who slept in the boat when the storms came up. And when he woke up, he calmed the storm. He's the one who fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fishes. He's the one who turned water into wine. He's the strength of our heart. The Lord is our savior who shed his blood 2,000 years ago. And by reason, we have been saved. He's the one who was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. He's the one we find our healing with. He is the one who death could not contain, but he swallowed up death by resurrecting on the third day. That is the Jesus we serve. He is the great high priest, seated at the right hand of God as an advocate. He is an Emmanuel. He is Jesus, our Messiah. That is the Jesus we want to become. That is the person we want to know. The Jesus who healed the sick. The Jesus is moved by compassion. That is our Jesus. You want to ask yourself, why should we pursue him? Why should we decide to have this likeness of Christ? Because the world can never satisfy us. Only Jesus can. Because we are tired of everything else in this world. Sometimes you walk around and then you feel empty. You feel like, what is going on? You realize that baby, but it's only Jesus that can do that. Because where all else fails. Scripture says that Jesus conquered because we have been moved with compassion of this fallen state of our hearts and fallen state of men and that we are stronger. Know that we have a hope out there because a day with Jesus is better than a thousand elsewhere. Hallelujah. Because we know that what it feels like or we know what it really means to actually be like Jesus, to have a hope because in Jesus, no matter how we feel, we know that we shall be watered above all else. And I want to ask this question, if not Jesus, then who? If not Jesus, then who would we want to be like? If not Jesus, then who? And so we see in scripture that from verse number 9 to verse number 12, Peter is able to tell of Jesus. And something extraordinary happens, verse 13, which is very interesting to me. I'm reading from ESV translation. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. See, as I've always been saying, the evidence of your pursuit of Christ likeness is seen by is seen by all. If you say you look like your father and only you see it, check yourself. Men must recognize your pursuit. Your pursuit must bear fruit. See, the pursuit, eh, I came to realize from verse 13 that it doesn't hide your flaws. It actually rather exposes your flaws. Hallelujah. See, the more you get to know Jesus, the more you get to know God. You realize the little, little things about you that's in him here. And God will show you that maybe you have anger issues and God will train you to teach that. Don't talk. Just, just be quiet. Just listen. That's what happens when you get to God. It exposes all your flaws. And it didn't hide the flaws of men. And so you realize that the people could tell that they were common men. They could see their weaknesses. They could see their flaws. People could tell that they were uneducated. See, just by following Jesus, it doesn't mean that then, then you become educated. Did Peter and John receive the certificate? Not at all. They didn't go to school. Their flaws were not covered. It was rather exposed. And it is in their flaws that the glory of God was going to be revealed. When we got to the point where Jesus met the man who was sick and the disciples asked that who has sinned, people thought that it was their parents or the man himself. But God said that it is for the glory of God to be revealed that day. Same for your flaws. When men see you and see your flaws and question whether you are Christian, just tell them that it is for the glory of God to be revealed. Hallelujah. 
that dross will not stay with us. That dross will be seen by men and is glory referred. Oh, Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. That we all with unveiled faces, beholding as in like a glass, his glory, that we have be transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the God who is the Spirit. It's only the glory of God that will be manifested in our pursuit of Christ. In the name of Jesus, just begin to speak in the language of the Spirit where you are. I don't know what you've heard tonight, but just begin to tell God that, Daddy, Daddy, search my heart. Examine me. Know my heart. Help me, O oh God, to pursue you more and more. Just begin to pray. Just begin to pray. This is still CMF Digital. We hope you've been blessed by this life-transforming message. Join us again next time. Know Christ, make him known. Knowing Christ, making him known. The health profession for Christ.